Now, there's an interesting thing that for more than 20 years I was told beyond a shadow of a doubt even one of one of the really big meditation teachers of his time he wrote a book and said you will never get any higher than third jhana when you're practicing loving kindness meditation you'll never get any higher than the third jhana with compassion you'll never get any higher than the third jhana with joy when you get to equanimity you'll get to the fourth jhana now this is what I honestly believe for 20 more than 20 years until this book came out actually and as I was thumbing around in this book I ran across something that is quite interesting connected discourses on page 1607 this is the awakening factors with loving kindness accompanied by loving kindness I'm going to read a little bit of this so that you get an idea of what the Buddha actually was talking about. Okay. On one occasion, the Blessed One was dwelling among the uh, Kolians where there was a town of the Kolians named Halidavamsa. Then in mourning, a number of monks dressed and taking their bowl and robes entered the town for alms. Then it occurred to them it's still too early to walk for alms in town. Let us go to the park of the wanderers of other sects. Then those monks went to the park of the wanderers of other sects. They exchanged greetings with the wanderers, and when they concluded their greetings and cordial talk, sat down at one side. The wanderers then said to them, Friends, the ascetic Gotama teaches the Dhamma to his disciples thus, Come, monks, abandon the five hindrances the corruptions of the mind with that weaken wisdom and dwell pervading one quarter with a mind imbued with loving kindness likewise the second quarter likewise the third and the fourth thus above below across and everywhere and to all as to oneself dwell pervading the entire world with a mind imbued with loving kindness vast, exalted, measureless without hostility and without ill will 
dwell pervading one quarter of the mind imbued with compassion, likewise the second, third, and fourth, thus above, below, across, and everywhere, and to all as to oneself. Dwell pervading the entire world with a mind imbued with compassion, vast, exalted, measureless, without hostility and without ill will. Dwell pervading one quarter of the mind imbued with joy. Now they have in here, they call it altruistic joy. That doesn't go along with the meditation. It's just joy. Altruistic joy is being, being happy in somebody else's success. And that's, that's not it. Okay, so you go through all the four quarters and everywhere, and it's, it's the same with equanimity. We too, friends, teach the Dhamma to our disciples thus. <coughs> Come, friends, abandon the five hindrances. Dwell pervading the entire world with a mind imbued with loving kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity without ill will. So, friends, what here is the distinction? The disparity, the difference between the ascetic Gotama and us. That is, regarding the one Dhamma teaching and the other regarding the the one the master of instructions for other sects. Then the monks neither delighted nor rejected the statement of the wanderers, they were smart, without delighting in it, without rejecting it, they rose from their seats and left thinking we shall learn the meaning of this statement in the presence of the Blessed One. Then when those monks had walked, walked for alms and had returned from the alms round after their meal, they approached the Blessed One. Having paid homage to him, they sat down at one side and reported to him the entire conversation between those wanderers and themselves. The Buddha said, monks, when wanderers of other sects speak thus, they should be asked, friends, how is the liberation of mind by loving kindness developed? What does it have as its destination, its culmination, its fruit and the final goal? How is the liberation of mind by compassion developed? And it goes through all the four Brahma-viharas. Being asked thus, those wanderers would not be able to reply, and further they would not they would meet with vexation. For what reason? Because they would not be within their domain. I do not see anyone 
monks in this world with its devas, Mara and Brahma, in this generation with its ascetics and Brahmins, its devas and humans, who could satisfy the mind with an answer to those questions except the Tathagata or the disciples of the Tathagata or one who has heard it from them and how a monk's is liberated mind by loving-kindness developed. What does it have as its destination, its culmination, its fruit, its final goal? Here, monks, a monk develops the awakening factor of mindfulness accompanied by loving-kindness, and he goes through all of the awakening factors accompanied by loving-kindness. Then he dwells equanimously mindful, clearly comprehending, or else he, do, he enters and dwells in the deliverance of the beautiful. The beautiful means the fourth jhana. As soon as I read that, after 20 years of believing that this was a this was the way it actually was. As soon as I read that, I became very disappointed. I've been teaching the wrong thing for 20 years. So I immediately started changing the way I was teaching about it. Monks, the liberation of mind by loving-kindness has the beautiful as its culmination. That's the highest you can go with loving-kindness, the fourth jhana. I say, for wise monks here, who has not penetrated to a superior liberation. Okay, that's as far as you go with that particular one. Then we go to compassion. And you go through the awakening factors. Okay. Uh, <coughs> after you do the awakening factors accompanied by compassion based on seclusion, dispassion, and cessation, maturing and release, with the complete transcendence of gross perceptions of form, with the passing away of gross perceptions of sensory impact, with aware that space is infinite. He enters and dwells in the base of the infinity of space, amongst the liberation of mind by compassion has the base of infinite space as its culmination. I say for a wise monk here who is not penetrated to a superior liberation. 
Now, what's the uh, liberation by joy? By completely transcending the base of the infinity of space, aware that consciousness is infinite. And when I started teaching this, I got questioned very heavily. And I was with a lot of very influential people. And I started getting them to read this. And their mind got blown just like my mind did. But they didn't start teaching this way. Oh, I have so many students that are practicing this other way. I'm not going to change. It's really disappointing to run across teachers that when they find they make a mistake, that they're not willing to change it. But all my students will come back and say, I taught them wrongly. Well, yeah, that can happen. But what really happens when I started changing is people started being more and more successful with it because they were understanding it as it actually is. But to this day there are some people that are still teaching uh, the Visuddhi Magga. You have to go in the ten directions and you have to say four different wishes and uh, that's a mental exercise. It's not a real meditation. And the thing that's amazing with this, <coughs> as you start to go through the different Brahma Viharas, you start to change the way you see the world. <coughs> and you start responding with a softer mind. So there is real personality change when you're doing this. And that's very important. So when I went to some of my Burmese friends that were really popular big monks, especially in Burma, they're very famous and started questioning them about loving-kindness and the different way of teaching it other than the Visuddhi Magga, I got shut down. Even though I was carrying this book with me. And I showed them this book and I said, go to the equivalent in Burmese script and read it. And they still would not change. So I've got a real uphill battle. But I'm a successful teacher. I have a lot of students that have gone through all of the Brahma Viharas. They know it, they see it, they practice it. They go through personality change. They don't have such heavy-duty emotional upsets.
And as a result of that, people are starting to sit up and take notice more and more. One of the things that I want to do is uh, one of these times in, when I'm in California, I want to go to Boulder Creek and up by Santa Cruz, that area anyway, where the heart math people are teaching loving kindness and they're able to measure it because they say, oh, I can measure loving kindness coming from you from 500 feet away. Well, other people can feel it that are on the other side of the planet. So I want them to be aware of the difference between the one-pointed concentration and the TWIM method, the using the six R's with that relaxed step because that changes everything. Eventually, maybe not in my lifetime, but eventually it will change. We'll see.